so randomly today I decided I was going to listen to the Black Eyed Peas. I don't know why that huh. happened. Like, who listens to them anymore? Um, I do. Last this weekend. Really? Wait. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> real. I, we were we were we were driving. Uh, we went down to Moab for a for our anniversary trip, and we were driving in the car, and we're talking about how great the Black Eyed Peas pre Fergie were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were. They were. And so we, we what listened to you mean to like them. still post Fergie but pre like Fergie being Fergie? No, pre Fergie. Yeah. Th- Their first two albums were pre Fergie. They were yeah. totally Fergieless? Yes. Yeah. Wow. hundred percent. They weren't Fergie. Fergie didn't come on till Ella Funk. Oh I see, I, I always thought she was just always in the band. That shows how much black eyed peas knowledge I have. Yeah, you got crappy black eyed peas knowledge. The first album was <laughs> Bridging the Gap, and their second one was Behind the Front, both of which were pretty solid hip-hop albums. With They both um, also sound like sex positions. Yeah, but they, they had uh, <laughs> like Dilated People's guys on it, the Jurassic 5 guys on it, they had Mos Def on their albums. Oh, wow. Uh, they were really good. They were... they this, Yeah, and then Elephant came out, and it was like kind of 50-50 Fergie. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so like I saw them on tour in 2000... When they were performing Elefunk stuff, but it was before Fergie. Hmm. So it was the songs on Elefunk without Fergie, and they were really cool. And then they released the album with Fergie all over it, and it was just like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> which one, which album was the one that had uh, Where's the Love on it? Elefunk. Was that Elefunk? Okay, because that was pretty much the song I was listening to today. Oh, yeah, that's just, that's bad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Even, even though Justin Timberlake's on it, it's still bad. They they had one of my favorite uh, misunderstandings of a phrase ever, which is uh, they they use the phrase "turn the other cheek" in the wrong context in that song. Oh yeah, they do, huh? Yeah, because they're they're like they're they're using "turn the other cheek" as if it means the same thing as "turn a blind eye." It's not it's not the not the same not the same phrase. You know who else uh, misunderstands uh, phrases? <laughs> the Savage Land. Hello and welcome back to the Savage Land. I am Jason. I am Matt. I am Rachel. And thank you for joining us again, or maybe for the first time. I don't know. Every episode, someone's first. Am I right, guys? Everyone is a first. First, everyone's a first. You know, it's the first time for everybody. First time for everybody. We all lose our virginity someday. Uh, thank you. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate you joining us uh, each and every week, or however frequently you decide you want to join us. You know that's true. We we do appreciate the listeners. Yeah, it's always nice. It's nice seeing that little that little ticker go up, and it's uh, it's even nicer hearing from you. Uh, as as we will expand on uh, later in the episode, we got uh, some new reviews, some new emails, and stuff like that. So we always appreciate you keeping that coming. Um, and I I appreciate you interacting with me, especially on Instagram, because then I have people to talk to. <laughs> yeah, well, see, what you don't know is actually Rachel, uh, f- except for the time that she records this show, she is confined to a closet that's about two feet by two feet. Um, and all she has is a little phone that can only access Instagram. So you people yes, are the only social interaction she gets all week. She's she apparently very flexible. <laughs> <laughs> no she just uh she sleeps standing up and stiff 
Yeah, and I'm also uh, very short. Yeah, two feet tall. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> what I meant when I said it was two feet by two feet, like uh, <laughs> floor wise, <laughs> just floor space wise. Um, yeah, thanks how for listening. How tall are you, Rachel? Five seven. Hey, how tall are you? Five six. Five, I'm five. five two. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> I thought you were taller. So Rachel, why are no. you so short? I don't see height, you guys. When did that happen? Yeah, Matt, Matt's got height blindness. <laughs> I don't see height. Everybody's equal in my eyes in <laughs> terms of height. I do have a friend that claims face blindness that uh, calls me the wrong name every time that she sees me, so that's always fun. Sounds like le- sounds legit then. Yeah. Unless it's like the longest running con of all time. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been, she's it's like, been, she's like, she's like, shit, did I tell Jason that I was had face blindness? Damn it. Uh, it has to call you a different name every time she sees you. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't think my mom would uh, lie about something like that, so. Oh, mom. Uh, see what I did there? I did. Yeah. You, said, a, you switched it to mom. Switched it. Switched it. Or, switcheroo. Because um, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna. I was gonna go ahead and let us uh, start the episode. Uh, and this episode. Wait, wait, what's that? What's that movie? Um, with uh, shit. What's his name? <laughs> I don't remember the kids. I don't remember the actor's name. But he's got a car bed, and he like invites the girl to come sleep over at his house. Oh uh, shit! I think, gr- I think it's. I think it's Grandma's boy, and he's got the like. He's got. He like lives at his parents, and he's got the car bed, and he's. I feel like a girl back to his house and he's like he he like keeps talking about how much he hates his roommates but his roommates are his parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm I pretty do. Sure it's gr- I'm I'm pretty sure it's Grandma's boy. Have you guys seen Grandma's boy? I don't think so. Uh it's, I don't think I it's have two thousand it's it, it's two thousand five funny. <laughs> oh, okay. Much like the internship which oh, came out in two thousand fifteen. You're talking about Yeah. I don't think I saw it though. It's got uh I can't, I can't remember. It's got the, it's got the guy. He's like super gothed out, and he like he, Chris he, Angel. He's super. No, he's super David uncomfortable. No, stop it. He's a. <laughs> David he's a computer programmer, and he's like always super weird. And he like when people make him I'm uncomfortable, he just kind of reverts to robot noises because he doesn't know how to talk like a normal human being. Uh-huh. No, no, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up. And he right like now. sits in a chair Harry and Potter. listens to Nine Inch Nails like. Asking people if they're scared of him because he's so deep. <laughs> I, I that sounds like it still sounds like Chris Angel. It's not Chris Angel. Anyway, whatever. Point is, uh, he's got a car bed. <laughs> and he lives with his roommates, but his roommates are his parents. That's oh, it's that dude that's in the Adam Sandler movies. Oh boy, which one? Anyway, this is great podcasting. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> Anyway, that's that I'm ninety five percent sure this that the, the movie's grandma's boy. All right, and this has been the segment of the show where we talk about <laughs> random movies from two thousand five. Hey, you know, it was a it was a stoner classic from the college days. <laughs> anyway, uh this episode is brought to you by Comic Bento. Uh guys, why is Comic Bento so great? Um because when you go to uh, Japanese, <laughs> I started it. I started the bit, and then I just felt like I had to continue through with oh it. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what my favorite. Here's my. Here's this continues to be one of my favorite parts about the Savage Land, is it never gets old. <laughs> Messing with Jason, <laughs> never gets old. That's true. Um, no, seriously, the comic, comic, comic bento 
is uh, is uh, is our sponsor. They're a dope subscription box. When you want to get some dope um, uh, trade paperbacks instead of going out and buying individual comics, and you know what? It's kind of fun. Here's the thing I like to do in my life. If I come to a, an intersection and I can go three different ways and uh, I'm in a new city or something, I'll, f- I'll uh, only two different ways because it's going to make more sense <laughs> when I get to it. If I want to go two different ways, I'll flip a coin. Um, that's why see, see why see why three wouldn't work. Yeah, three wouldn't work at all. But don't worry, this is a real story. But it is a real story. I'll flip a coin and I'll say I don't. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll let you know fate guide which which way I go. Uh-huh. Now, because that's fun, and you're, you you see somewhere off the beaten path, and you get uh, jumped by muggers, and uh, um. <sighs> What? You got to go to therapy for a couple months after, but for other things that happened while you're on this off the beaten path. But anyway, the point is, you go on this path. You la da 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 da. Um, no, it's like your destination. Um, with Comic Bento, it's full circle. With Comic Bento, uh, you don't have to pick. People pick for you. You just say, "I want to read comics," and then you, people send you comics, and you don't get to choose what they are, but you end up at the same place. You get to read comics. Uh, at the end of the day, when the mailman comes after after the comics, <laughs> what? I want to let Matt just like anytime we have a new sponsor, I just want to let Matt uh, go and go ahead and just do whatever Addy wants to do. Um, yeah. Uh, so my point. So, so so look at the end of the day, if you if you want to read some comics and you're indecisive like me and you're like just just put some comics in front of you, put put some comics in front of me. I mean, it's not as it's not quite the random number generator or the flipping of the coin or whatever, but like, you know, I'm sure a uh, 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 Franklin who works over at Comic Bento, Franklin Bento, I'm sure I'm I'm sure that day he got he got he got he got knocked in the head real good and was felt a little dizzy, and so he just put in whatever he felt like, and that's 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 that's, that's the that's, origin. That's good enough for me. Is there, I mean. You get knocked in the head head hard enough. You're like a random number generator for the rest of the day. True. I couldn't. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I want to cry <laughs> right now. So anyway, anyway if uh, uh, if you understood all that, <laughs> uh, go to comicbento.com. Use the promo code Savage, and uh, you can get five dollars off your first box. Uh, every month, it's four to five uh, trade paperback graphic novels. Uh, this month the theme is creator owned. So if you want to get some sweet ass image books and the most original comics being put out there, then go to comicbento.com and use the promo code savage. Uh, we also have a link in the description for this episode. Guys, we got some fucking catch up. I think we got it. We got We got to pour it out. Guys, 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 guys. <laughs> hey guys. I was waiting for something. No, I was just, I was just, I was just riffing off you. Well, let's 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 take our glass bottles and collectively turn them upside down and pat them on the pat them on the 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 base and get all that get all that ketchup out. Who wants to go first? Well, here's the thing though, Jason. If we do that, it's going to take forever to get this ketchup out. You got to stick a knife in there, twist it around a little bit, create some airflow, and then ketchup comes right out. Oh, I was just thinking. You're supposed to shake it. No, you don't. No, you got to stick something in there. I thought you put it in the microwave. Shake it. You shake it. Yeah, you just. <laughs> wow! I, this is starting to sound like Ben speak. Excellent, excellent hand gesture, Rachel. <laughs> I did a hand gesture that uh, looked like something else, but 
the the listeners know what I mean. Yeah, uh huh, sure. Uh-huh. Um, I gotta stop clapping when I laugh. It's probably not great audio. <laughs> <laughs> just, just clap on the inside, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Who wants who wants to go first on their ketchup? Uh, I, I can go first. Do it. Um, all right. This week, uh, both of my ketchup uh, items, my my both of my ketchup packets uh, are movie related. I I read some comics this week, but nothing that I'm really wanting to catch up on necessarily. Um, okay. The first one uh, I saw, Mother, the Darren Aronofsky movie with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, okay, so I have questions. Yes, I have a lot of questions. Okay, and they're not the they're not the predetermined questions, but they will lead to that's fine the same destination. Why? <laughs> Why? A uh, uh, genuine question because we were talking about it last night. Uh, we went out with some friends. Why? Why is it a thing? Like I, I've just been reading a lot about it and hearing about it, and it just a lot of people are like, pretty much like, what? The, why does this exist? So yeah, why, a lot of people are hating it yeah yeah so he, so here's the thing i have my movie pass now you know the ten dollars a month you can see basically as many movies as you want uh hashtag we're, we're not a sponsor but you can sponsor us if you want to movie pass i have really good things to say about you just trust me yeah i sent him an email i'm really hoping they get back to us anyway um so anyway i, I got that and so now i just i i can kind of go and see movies without going ah do i really want to spend my money on this you know and so I saw like Dark Tower and I saw Mother and I saw a bunch of other movies that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. Um, anyway, uh, all that to say, I wouldn't have seen this if I had to pay for the ticket. Uh, but because I didn't, I went and saw it. And essentially this movie is about why God is a dick. That's that's the movie. It's like, hey, look at how terrible okay. God is. But But you don't know he's God. He's a poet. And he's Javier Bardem. And Jennifer Lawrence's Mother Nature. And so it's just like what? this long... Yeah, I, I, I read that today that he's God and she's Mother Nature. Yeah, if, okay. if it's not that, then it's a long convoluted uh, uh, metaphor for Darren Aronofsky saying, Sorry, I keep destroying my relationships, but I'm creative, so I've got to. Um, <laughs> so, it's one uh, or the other. Pretty... It's definitely one of those. Uh well, he, he well he's banging Jennifer Lawrence. He is banging Jennifer Lawrence now. Uh, yes. Yeah. Bang bangerang. Bangerang. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's just like it's it's Darren Aronofsky just like being insanely self important and like j- like just trying to be like look at all these metaphors. <laughs> and you don't yeah, know. I, I, this is nothing. Nothing I've heard appeals to me. Like I listened to a little. On my lunch break, there was the radio Chicago film guys had of like a radio spot where they talk about movies and they were talking about it and it just sounded and they were like you know trying to give it credit and you know honor honor it for what it is and you know speaking generally highly of Aronofsky and the whole time I was like y- you guys talking about his movie just makes you kind of sound like pretentious douche nozzles mm-hmm. uh, and not to say that he hasn't made good movies he has but yeah yeah this just sounded I don't know. I don't. The, nothing really appeals to me about it. So, if somebody came to you and said, "I absolutely loved this movie. This is one of my favorite movies," would you think they were a douchebag? No, but if they w- then wanted to describe like the brilliance of Darren Aronofsky and like why this movie was so great, see, no, because yeah, see, I, I, I see that you set you set a trap for me, Rachel. <laughs> I fell right into it. That, it's a genuine question. <laughs> it's a genuine question. You're right, and I know it's like because I I think you're right. I think 
if somebody does really like something, why should I call them a douche nozzle? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just sounded kind of like very pretentious about it. I yeah, I do genuinely think that people people who uh, like to talk about how much they like film really really uh, enjoy hailing metaphors as masterpieces. Like anytime there's a movie that's a metaphor for something, they're like, oh, so insightful, so great, like whatever. And it's like, like we we don't we don't need a giant long convoluted metaphor that doesn't tell us what it is just to find out in the end. Like, oh, okay. So God doesn't care. Got it. Like I don't know. There, there. What? Were... Is this? What did he make between this and Noah? Uh, uh, Black Swan. Oh, I thought Black Swan was before Noah. Oh, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is like his follow-up to Noah. It, it was. Yeah, Black, it was before yeah, Noah. Black Swan was before Noah. Oh well, then yeah. I don't. I think this is the only thing he's made since then. Anyway. Yeah. Noah was a bad. Noah was a bad movie. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm sick of these, like, artsy, like, like, and not even artsy. It's just like they, they think they're complex and they think they're insightful when all they're doing is just like making a very thinly veiled metaphor. It's dumb. Well, that's kind of how I felt about Black Swan. I thought he kind of had something, but it just wasn't executed very well, and it became kind of boring and it was more just like a oh feeling mm-hmm. he did zipper jackie and aftermath well he didn't direct I've never jackie. heard of any of those he didn't direct mother nor did he direct yeah, he did. noah yeah he did he was a pro- he was a producer he also directed oh well yeah, yeah you're right producer <laughs> director noah was the last movie Dur- that he directed he did, uh yep uh unless you count the truth is hard to find the new york times brian denton yeah which i don't <laughs> he directed Lou Reed and Metallica. Oh boy. Yep. No. He's he's just done and like he did, you know, Requiem for a Dream and The Wrestler. Like he's Which done is, all these movies that are just very I don't know. I I think Requiem for a Dream is an incredibly good movie. I like I it. Agree. He just he he's it, always like trying to make something that's like uh a visceral experience. You know? Yeah, well he succeeded yeah. with Requiem for a Dream. I agree. I'll never watch. I will never watch that movie again, and I'll never forget that movie. Same. Yeah, it's a pretty fucked up. I movie. never want to see it again. It's it's so. I mean, it's it is. I mean, visceral is the only really appropriate word, but it's oh my god. Yeah, that movie. Yep. It, it makes me concerned for what's in Darren Aronofsky's head. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so um, going back to Mother. Mm-hmm. Sorry, there's there's an exclamation point at the end there. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it was it was what it was. Okay, what's your so, other ketchup? I, I just have one more question because from the trailer that I saw, it kind of seemed like she was really plagued by voices. Mm-hmm. So does he just like mess with her? Um, it's this thing where so so because Gen- like Jennifer Lawrence's Mother Earth and the house is is Earth right or Jennifer Lawrence's sorry Mother Nature and the house is Earth. And so she's, like, okay. connected to the house, and she can, like, feel its heartbeat, and, like, there's all this, like... She, like, they, they do a lot of weird stuff with, like, sound, where she can, like, hear everything happening in the house, and there's, like, a bunch... I don't know. Like, it's... it's he The guy doesn't even mess with her. It's just that uh, Javier Bardem, the poet, is mostly just concerned with people loving him uh, and worshipping him, right? Because he's God. Um yeah. And so he, you know, everything that he does is basically with that as sort of the ends or the function of it. So anytime anybody shows him 
uh, praise or whatever. He he sort of flocks to that without ever really caring for their individual needs and yada yada. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I don't know. It's dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side of that uh, pretentious, artsy-fartsy bullshit metaphor coin, uh, we've got a writer-director by the name of Taylor Sheridan. Uh, I watched uh, Wind River, which is the first movie that he both wrote and directed. Um, he was also the writer of Sicario and Hell or High Water. Hmm. Cool. Um, so I went and saw Wind River, uh, which was incredible. And, and that was what prompted me to go back and watch Sicario and Hell or High Water again. Um, because th- I, I found kind of this uh, this commonality, this thing that kind of stands out with everything that he writes, where every movie that he, he works on, it's a very simple plot, right? Like it's it's a basic sort of like mission to do this, that, or the other. Uh, usually there's, you know, like some kind of twist involved near the end, but it's not trying to... Uh, to go crazy intellectual or metaphorical or anything. It's just like, it's, it's a person and a mission. Right. Um, and so with wind river, it was great. Like it's, it's Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen trying to, uh, figure out who killed this girl, this native American girl that they find, uh, in the, uh, mountains somewhere in, I want to say Wyoming, but I can't remember exactly. Um, and so it's 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 just a great like sort of murder mystery type thing. Uh, Jeremy Renner does a great job as that character. I know Rachel talks about how he's ugly cute a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think. See, I, I I like that there's a place for people like Jeremy Renner who have like you know they're they're not necessarily very handsome, but when you see him in a role where he's like you know a soldier or like a you know kind of like a blue collar guy or whatever, he's very believable. Yeah. Um cuz he you know he just he looks like a guy who's who's done a lot of a lot of work in his life. He looks like he works on a farm or a ranch or something. Totally. And that's why cuz he plays a, a wildlife tracker uh in this movie. Um and so he fits it perfectly and uh I don't know, it was just it was a, a like seriously one of my favorite movies of this year. Um just as good if not maybe better than Hell or High Water last year. Uh mm. Damn. Yeah. I loved Hell or High Water freaking me too like so good um and so just it made me kind of it's like kind of start seeing these commonalities between those three movies uh and the biggest thing i noticed is like dude doesn't concern himself with making this like convoluted crazy plot or whatever all he does is give really rich and interesting characters um to use hell or high water and sicario the ones that more people have probably seen as examples every character in those movies you understand who they are almost right away and they don't dish out exposition to, to tell you about what they're doing or like why they have whatever view on life. In fact, you typically don't really figure out what their uh, reasoning is for anything up until at least halfway through the film, but they're always, they always feel real. They feel believable and they feel like they have a, you know, a large amount of dimensionality to them. Um, you know, some of his best characters like Ben Foster uh, and Chris Pine, both in Hell or High Water, or really all of those characters, um, and even like Benicio Del Toro and Sicario, they don't sit there telling you their life story, but you can kind of like understand it right from the get-go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just like, it's such a it's such a great thing, especially in, in, in the world of independent film, where 
typically people are trying to make this like crazy masterpiece thing that like puts some sort of weird twist on this thing or that thing. It's nice that somebody is still making just like very simple movies that are very successful because they they focus on the right things. They focus on character and they make a compelling story rather than a story that's super intricate. So anyway, that was what yeah. I liked. Uh, but yeah, those that those were my two catch ups this week. Go ahead, Rich. All right, I have a comic book and a video game. Ooh. So I'm going to start with the comic book, just since it's fresh on my mind. Mm-hmm. I read, well, I started Harrow County by Colin Bunn. Oh, what? how is that? Harrow County? Harrow? Harrow. Like harrowing. A-R-R-O-W. Oh, Harrow. Okay. Harrow. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> it's it's a horror comic. Okay. Um, So it's about this town who... Mm, I don't know how much I want to give away here. <laughs> but so there's this witch that lived in this town and she actually helped the town quite a bit. But they turned on her and burned her. Um, well, they hung her from this tree and then they burned her. And then over time, they started hearing crying from the tree. So the guy went and looked in the tree and found a baby in the tree. Creepy. So now the witch has been reborn into this girl. So they're, and he's raised her. I think she's ten or eleven now. Uh huh. So they're kind of seeing if the witch is going to come back in her. So they try to keep her very secluded. They don't tell her anything. But eventually, she kind of starts figuring things out and who she is, and it just kind of goes from there. Huh. And it's really good. Like, it's incredible. So, so this is like a, a horror comic, right? Yes. Is it is it just about the witch baby, or does it do? Have, is there more to the universe than that? It's uh, it's taken about five issues or so, but it's kind of expanding more because she finds this boy's skin and. He calls the ghosts haunts, uh-huh. and that's from, he actually has, at the end of each issue, he has a little ghost story, like from his grandfather, from his dad, and it's okay. really, really cool. Cool. So his grandfather called the ghosts haunts, so he's kind of played off of that, and this boy's skin, like the monster that was in the boy is still kind of out in the woods, and you just kind of see him every now and then. But the boy is speaking to her and kind of telling her that she needs to get away from these people. Uh-huh. And so she, like, takes the boy's skin with her Holy <laughs> and shit. runs away. Creepy. And then uh, someone else actually starts to help her out and keep her safe. But, huh. yeah, the stories at the end, they're, like, some of the coolest ghost stories I've ever read. Oh, nice. And it's just from... His experience, his dad's experience, and his grandfather's experiences. Better than scary stories to tell in the dark? Ooh, One, two, I don't know three. about that. I love scary <laughs> stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> it, it's kind of on the same lines, though. Okay. It, it's fun, and it's it's bloody, but it's not too much. Sure. Yeah, I know. But it is really creepy. With, huh. with Cullen Bunn, uh, I definitely tend to 
really enjoy his creator-owned stuff a lot more than like his Marvel uh, or DC work. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think he is, especially when dealing in horror. Uh, he's always done a very good job. Like, did you guys ever read uh, uh, the Sixth Gun? No. I haven't. I want to though. I kind of fell into a Cullen Bun rabbit hole, and <laughs> he's just like my favorite person right now he's like seriously his his creator own stuff is fantastic uh i think sixth gun was kind of like his his breakout um series it's like this mythological western story um but yeah i don't know he's done he's done a lot of really cool uh horror stuff so and i and i've heard great things about harrow county i mean it's been going on for what 25 issues now something like that i think it's up in the 30s right now yeah it's been going for quite a while there was another one of his that i read that i just cannot for the life of me remember what it was um i can i can figure it out it's also got a a tv show apparently in the works harrow county yeah that would be pretty cool if done correctly (laughs) um (laughs) let's see so he did uh there was the damned sixth gun um i'm trying to find some of the other big ones he did of shit ton of marvel stuff um it, it was a creator-owned. Let's see. Oh, come on. There was... Yeah, I was trying to look it up, and I couldn't, for the life of me, find it. Yeah, I know I know. he's had some some other, like, big ones. There was, let's see, The Empty Man, Regression is a new Regression. One. There we go. That's Yeah, that's, that's his new image comic. That's the one I did. Yeah, that, that one is really cool. Ooh. And really, really disturbing. There's a lot of so, interesting horror comics coming out these days. That one, I'll just quickly tell you what it's about. <laughs> um, so the guy starts having hallucinations and his friend tries to help him out and takes him to this hypnotist who does a regression on him to remember his past life because he thinks that that's what's causing him difficulties and they kind of open a door and now all his past lives are like coming out to haunt him huh that's and cool. yeah it's yeah, got cool. really cool monsters in it and a really cool like cult kind of story going on yeah it, it's really cool looks like uh the first volume of regression comes out in november they're on like issue three or four right now yeah i think that's what i read up to nice four but yeah that one i really liked huh sweet hell yeah what yeah what else you got uh, my video game is, of course, Metroid Samus Returns mm-hmm. on the 3DS. Ooh. Rachel loves her uh, Metroid 3DS games. Well, I like Metroid. I Not just on the 3DS. I this would have been on my Switch, but... Not everyone oh well. can be a Switch, Rachel. I wish it was. But just put anything there, on my You're Switch, welcome. then I'll play it. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, if anyone who's played... The original Metroid 2 Return of Samus on the Game Boy is probably elated that you can tell where you're going because <laughs> there's a map and it actually looks like each level looks different. A glowing review from Rachel Pedersen. You can tell where you're going. Because right, was Metroid 2 just impossible to get around in? Yeah, because it was just on the Game Boy. So it was all black and white and everything looked the same. So you couldn't tell where you'd been. Was it or where was you it, were going? Was it called Metroid? Metroid Two: Return of Samus. Was Metroid on Game Boy Two? No, that was on Nintendo. So okay, so I had the Metroid game on Game Boy. I just thought it said Metroid. I didn't 
Maybe I was just young and didn't see that it was Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Yeah, that was the second yeah, one. Yeah, okay, yes, then I know that, exactly what you're talking about because I could not figure that game out for the life <laughs> of me. That, that's the one, uh, so after she defeats Mother Brain in the first one, they decide that the Metroids need to be exterminated, so it's all just a extermination mission. So you have a counter of how many Metroids there are still left on the planet that you still need to find. No. <sighs> That doesn't sound familiar at all. I feel like there's... I mean, I, I trust you, but I, I just remember playing a Metroid on my Game Boy. I think there might have been one other Metroid Game Boy game. There's Game Boy Advance ones. No, just just old school original Game Boy. No, I have all of them. <laughs> I think I've Rachel, Rachel is the them. authority on Metroid for sure. <laughs> I... I I, it's not that I don't believe you. I just I can't I can't for the life of me remember it's the a Mandela counter. effect and having to like because I remember you like turn into a ball and dupe around and there's little yeah crawly things with spikes on them and yeah that's the first one <laughs> I, I, I I don't but think, even the don't first, think less of me than I want to look first it up. one all the levels look the same you still can't tell where you're going hmm. I had to have my brother be my navigator. On both games because I had no idea where I was going. Damn. That see that, that that's what, that's yeah that's what I had Metroid. That's the exact one I had Metroid Two Return of Samus. I'm sorry I doubted you. <laughs> Why would you doubt me? She's wow. a dick. <laughs> Man, I had uh, I had it, Metroid. It's, it's worth eight hundred and fifty dollars. Jesus. Well, I have it. Damn, Rach, you could be eight hundred and fifty dollars richer. I oh, no. have, if I it's unopened in package. Ones. No, mine's just the cartridge. Yeah. I probably actually still have that cartridge somewhere, too. I remember Sorry. having... any. Anyway, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Matt doesn't believe me. I just... I, it's been so long. Matt never trusts this Rachel. Is, this, 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 this is familiar. Wait, hang on. So, <laughs> Rachel, did you, did you like the Metroid Prime series better or the uh, Metroid Metroid series better? Metroid, Metroid. Ah. I I tried to love Prime with all that was inside of me. But, I mean, it was fun, but it just... Nintendo has a tendency t- to be a little too cartoony for me. <laughs> uh-huh. Especially when they like started doing the GameCube stuff, which is what Metroid yes. Prime came out on. And so I just didn't really quite get into it as much. I still played all of them, and they were fun. But the what I really want is a Dead Space esque Metroid game. Ah, like third person or first person? Just like a horror space game. But does it's like, but in the new three D format, not side scroller. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I, that's that, what I, I think. Would like. I agree. That would be awesome. Is that what? Uh, is that what, what I want. the new Metroid games look like? The ones that they're coming out with. Uh, we don't know what Prime Four is going to look like. Mm. But uh, Samus Returns is a side scroller. I prefer that, which is why I kind of liked Other M, which came out on the Wii, because you could turn the controller and it would change your perspective from first person to side scroller. I see. Which was really cool. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like I remember you saying that last time we had the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure Metroid. I did. Because I will just kind of talk and talk <laughs> about Metroid. But, um, so what was I talking about on the game, though? 
because Matt didn't believe me. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Matt's just a dick. That's, yeah. I don't yeah, know. But I don't think you got anywhere in it. I think I just disregarded yeah, you, you with Metroid 2. <laughs> but I, it is still the same game, just updated graphics. All the little creatures are updated. You do have, like... They do more with the Kozo, which is the aliens that hold the balls on all your upgrades and stuff. Those are the big monsters. Uh-huh. So they do more like there's a bunch of statues that you see with them. And they do have some cool melee moves that they put in and just weapon upgrades in general. Nice. I do have one complaint. Oh, no. What? Rachel's got a complaint, What's guys. Your... Sound sound the alarms. Rachel's got a, a Metroid-related <laughs> complaint. <laughs> Ta-da. Alarm time. <laughs> Listen up, Metroid makers. Listen up. Uh, My complaint. Uh, what's his name? Reggie. Reggie. Mm, Nintendo. Yeah, uh-huh. Reggie uh-huh. Nintendo. Listen up here, <laughs> Reggie Nintendo. <laughs> the third. The third. Yeah, of course. Are you sure it was the third? I'm sure it's the third. <laughs> I don't know. Reg- <laughs> Reginald Nintendo. <laughs> Reginald Archibald Nintendo. I, I remember Reginald Nintendo when I was a kid. I don't think it was the third. <laughs> Just believe me, Matt. <laughs> All right. I got I to look this up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your complaint, right. Rach? My, my one complaint is that the Metroids, so you, they start out as their normal Metroids, and then they kind of dissolve out of that shell, and they mutate into another creature. Hmm. like new creature metroid and there's three different levels like one's easy medium and hard Mm -hmm. i don't like that i don't want to fight new creatures i want to fight metroids (laughs) just metroids yeah yeah put a wall around all those other creatures she only wants one kind i don't like that they mutated into something else it kind of defeats the purpose here are they not are they not cool looking Nah, not really. Yeah, they look see. more like bugs. To, if they were cool looking. Well, it's like the the third like mutation, it looks kind of xenomorph-esque, mm-hmm. which is okay, but mm. I don't want to fight xenomorphs. I'm killing Metroids here. Speaking what of if xen- they morphed, What if they morphed to look more like cuttlefish? <laughs> cuttlefish. No. I don't want them to morph at all. <laughs> no morphing. I just want them to be Metroids. Hashtag no morphing. Uh, Hashtag more Metroids. I was, <laughs> I was gonna say. Speaking of uh, xenomorphs, just really quick, and we're, we let's not spend any time on this. Uh, I watched Alien again. Still didn't grab me. Okay. Did you ever watch it, Rich? Alien? We've never talked about if you've watched Alien Covenant. Oh, I still haven't watched it. Okay. Oh, I wasn't talking about Covenant. I was talking about original Alien. No, I got you. I'm just going to dismiss oh, okay. what you're talking about cool. over there. Yeah, it's like we didn't even hear it. I don't you. even care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I, I have it. I will get to it. I'm just really bad at... No, no, no. No no pressure. At just watching curious. movies. Just curious. Which is what I tried to explain to Jason with the movie pass. <laughs> No, I'm the same way. I'm the same way with TV. I can't. I haven't watched any TV. I, at all I can't lately. just go see a movie or sit down and see a movie. I have to be in a specific mood <laughs> for the intended movie, and then I can sit there. Huh. See, I use movies as like a way to I've, just repair whatever mood I'm in. It's like my alcohol. 
Yeah, I, I'm pretty. I can just put a movie on, and that's fine. I can't. Yeah, because then I'll just get up and do something else. <laughs> I do have to do that with with reading comics, though. I have to like, unless it's like reading Marvel. Yeah, reading Marvel is just like reading like it's popcorn. Popcorn, exactly. Yeah, reading popcorn. Yeah, do you it's ever like read popcorn? popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's deep, man. Um. Well, should we? Uh, should we segue well, over? Wait, I had one more. I had I had one more Metroid question. Is it? Uh, maybe you answered this and I didn't hear you, but is it side scroller? Is this one side scroller? Yeah, this one's a side okay. scroller. And this is th- and this one doesn't switch to third person or something. No, okay. it's all side scroller. That's cool. Is it it, it uh, the graphics pretty good for yeah. a side scroller? Yeah, so that's it looks fun. really good. Yeah, I I do like her melee attack because if things will charge you uh-huh. and she takes her blaster gun and just hits them like uppercuts them uh-huh. and then immediately points at them and shoots. Yeah, see, that's fun. And it's really cool. Oh, yeah. Samus. Uh, Matt, what you got in your pickets? In your oh, pickets? Samus, Samus, Samus. Oh, Samus. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Metroid uh, Fargo. What do I have? What do I have in my uh, ketchup? So, no, I don't have a lot of like super exciting ketchup, so uh, we can, mine probably won't take too long unless I start derailing myself, which is known to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, this won't take long. This won't take long. <laughs> Forty five minutes later. Forty five minutes later. <laughs> so look, anyway, guys, the tacos from oh Jesus. Um, no, so I I I, I've been, I went back and started reading Darth Vader again by Kieran Gillen. Oh yeah. Um, what a great comic! So great. I love Darth Vader in that because it's not the like all powerful, all destructive Vader like we see in the movies, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's just like the ultimate bad guy. He's kind of like. You know, he's getting the shit for the Death Star blowing up. He's getting picked on by the Emperor. General Tag is kind of, like, also giving him shit and, like, sending people to have to go, like, watch over him to keep his movements secure. Uh, And for those who don't know, this is in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, right? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Uh, Yeah. Um, I think they probably figured that out when I said that it was on him that the Death Star was exploding. I know, but you never know. Just, you know. Because if it was the second Death Star, I don't think it would have been too much of a problem for him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he died. Um, Spoilers! Or did he? Snoke. Uh, I'd be so mad if Snoke was Darth Vader. Oh, that'd be awful. Anyway. That'd be lame. That'd be so lame. Anyway. <laughs> um, what was I saying? So, no, so it's great. So it's it's a more conflicted Darth Vader. It's a more dynamic Darth Vader. Uh, and it kind of gives more depth to the character of, like, you know, he kind of is... I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it kind of still is like Anakin in there, right? Like he's not just this all like this, this, this force of will bent on destruction, right? Or, yeah. You know, bent on conquer. He's, he's just, not he's, the monster. He's yet. More, he, exactly. Well, yeah, it just gives him more depth. So he's not quite the, yeah, exactly. So it's, that's really fun. Actually, that's really cool to kind of get more of that. Um, yeah. And he's still obvious, you know, he's, st- it's almost like, Dad's coming down on him, so he's coming down on everybody else, right? Mm. Dad being the emperor, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's still ruthless, and he's still that like you know he's still that you know I don't know. Anyway, he's got so no ruths awesome. left. He's he's out of ruths. Came <laughs> <laughs> uh, to kick ass but and eat all- baby ruths, and I'm all out of ruths. But it's awesome, and it's got these you know it's, that's where we get uh, Doctor Afra from, and yeah, she obviously has become has popular enough to have her own spinoff series. Um, it's where we get Triple Zero and BT One, who are also uh, quite popular characters. Murderous torture as, bots. 
Uh, well, well, triple zero is a murderous torture bot, and BT one is just like a uh, uh, an armory on wheels. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, have you? I, I mean, no, really. So, so, yeah. What? I was just going to ask: Have you read any of Charles Soule's new Darth Vader? No. So that's partly why I'm doing this. I want to. Mm. I want to like because I know a lot of the Star Wars stuff is kind of switching up right now. They're kind of like rebumping stuff into it because of the probably leading up to the Last Jedi. They want to like build ramp that up again yeah absolutely have and they're doing it the uh, right way this time so that they can have some number like some volume ones hopefully out by the time last jedi hits theaters at least with darth yes. vader yeah so no so i am uh i'm sort of gonna i'm gonna run back through them all so i'm gonna do this up to vader down then i'm gonna start star wars over again and then i'll do vader down again um and then I might not keep with Star Wars. I'll finish up the rest of the the Vader run, which I actually never finished. I never read the like the last couple issues of Vader. So, mm. uh, leading into then Charles Soule's Vader, and then um, who took over the main Star Wars one? Kieran Gillen, Kieran Gillen took over the Star Wars one. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So then I'll jump in on that. And I know there's like fifteen Poe Dameron's out right now, so I'll probably jump into those too. Yeah, Soul and Soul. Like that's the thing is Charles Soul. Both he and Kieran Gillen have really been making their mark on the Star Wars universe because Soul wrote. Uh, he's writing Darth Vader. He also wrote Poe Dameron, Lando, and Obi Wan and Anakin. Um, I don't know. Well, and like we've said before, Lando is probably the best of the miniseries, which is so crazy for me to say. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I loved the Lando series. It was so good. It's so good. Anywho, so no, I, I'm. Uh, this is my Star Wars. This is my path. To, this is my uh, uh, path to, path the, last to Jedi. the last Jedi. Yeah, hell yeah, I dig it. I let you know. It just, uh, it's super fun to get excited about Star Wars, and like you know, might as well just just let it happen. Yeah. Hopefully, we won't exhaust Rachel again like we did with the Force Awakens. It's just gonna happen, Rachel. <laughs> just let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're we're. I, I'm I'm gonna try to join in on the Star Wars comics, though. Get in the comics; they're super fun. I think you totally dig them. If for anything else, I would recommend Darth Vader because you will love Triple Zero and BT One. Yeah, and we have they will be they will be your new favorite droids, <laughs> and I know this. <laughs> I know this. Oh, oh, okay. Matt knows it. Matt knows, knows it, this, guys. Um, yeah, and we're gonna do just a couple of like uh, special episodes. We're gonna do at some point sooner. Not even special, just episodes. We're gonna do uh, before the Last Jedi comes out. We are gonna be doing a Star Wars comics episode, just kind of talking about like the new expanded universe and the best Star Wars comics and shit, whatever. Um, yeah. So consider consider my consider this research. <laughs> And then we it's will... like the best research because it's just reading Star Wars comics. I know that that's what I love about the show. We get to do uh, the research that we would more or less be doing regardless because we wanted to. Well, and the Star Wars comics now are better than they've ever been. Absolutely, and that's that's saying a lot because there's been some really great Star Wars comics. Yeah, no, pre switcheroo yeah like back when they were with dark horse there was some awesome stuff and we talked to brian wood who wrote some really incredible star wars comics they were good yes uh but the stuff they're coming out now is just inspired absolutely yeah i mean you get you get charles soul in there kieran gillen in there jason aaron in there enough said yeah Yeah. enough said enough said they're all they're all good ones yeah Yeah. those are some of my favorite writers i know it's so they're so fun apparently kelly thompson Uh, is is doing a a great uh captain phasma series right now i heard i heard that too yeah yeah i haven't i haven't even touched that but i heard that's actually really good Yeah, i'm excited to read that she's doing a great job on hawkeye right now so i'm sure she's kicking ass on that one 
Yeah, Hawkeye. That's on my. That's the, I oh. almost started Hawkeye the other day, and I went for Vader instead. But it's fucking, it's gorgeous. Moi, moi, moi. That's just you know so yep. many moi's. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else is in your ketchup? Anyway, my other, my all my rest of my ketchup is non uh, geek related, just because I haven't really been around. Um, I you know two weekends in a row I went down to the desert and went canyoneering. Um, so the the thing I thought of that would be the most appropriate was. Um, we went to there's a new dinosaur park in Moab called uh, Moab Giants mm. and it's a this like outdoor life size model dinosaur park you walk around in. That's pretty they're cool. They're not robotic. They're not like Oh, so they don't attack <laughs> you and like throw your jeep all over the place and kill your friends? Oh. No, but uh it's pretty cool. They're all very modern reconstructions. They've all got feathers and are brightly colored and Oh, cool. It's very cool. Is it free? No. <laughs> no, it's a it's a whole museum and <laughs> that attraction. Was so oh, okay. Good. Yeah. I thought it was just like outside. No, it, it, just, it is outside. You could. I thought you, you just you could, like drove up to it. And you could around. drive up to it with binoculars and see everything, hmm. but that wouldn't be very fun. No. You got to walk around and look at them yeah, all. Yeah, you don't, don't want to look at dinosaurs through binoculars. Come on. Yeah, I would. What if are they we were cavemen? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. What are we plebs? Peasants? Uh, plebs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, no, that's great. Hell yeah, that's a, that sounds like your type of place. I saw like a couple of pictures when I was on Facebook for like two minutes. Uh huh. So, uh, yep, nope, good times. Uh, if you're in Moab for whatever reason, if you've never been to Moab, what are you doing? You should go to Moab. Yeah. Um, have you never been to Moab, Jason? Uh, I, I think I was there when I was like a kid. I mean, you know, living in Utah for as long as I did, I'm sure I was in Moab at some point, but I don't, I don't distinctly you know, remember. I, although. Anything. Surprisingly enough, I I posted a picture from Moab saying like, "Hey, I saw this cool rock art in Moab," and I got comments and people were like, "I've lived in Utah my whole life and I've never been to Southern Utah," which really? boggles my mind. That's insane. That's weird. It's very weird. Like, it's not that far away and it's just one of the best places in the planet. Yeah, I. It is like it is very. It is a bit out of the way though, uh, in relation to the rest of Utah. No, it's no, not. It's not just, really. just drive south for four hours. No, Moab's yeah, not just it's south. Serious, it's yeah, it seriously uh-uh. like four hours. All right, Moab's like slightly southeast, but because yeah, the, the it's only like... reason I say that is if you drive south, then you get to like uh, Cedar City and St. George. But Moab is quite a bit east from either of those places. Yeah, but if you're going to Colorado, it's right there. That's true. Yeah, yeah if you're if you're headed to like Grand Junction or whatever. But I, Moab shouldn't be your like in between destination. Moab should be the destination. Yeah. That's fair. That's what I'm saying. Go hang out in the area for a week or so. Yeah. If you haven't been, it's lovely. It's a cool it's area. It's lovely this time. Of, it's especially lovely this time of year when it's a little bit cooler out. It's not excruciatingly hot. I know somebody who's a police and, officer out there. Yeah. And you can... You can drive you drunk can there the and you won't rocks. care. No, it's not true. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. If, if a bald cop pulls you over, then just say, no, I know Jason. He'll be like, ah, oh, you, scamper on off. <laughs> no tussle your hair. Yeah, yeah. Tussle it in in <laughs> remembrance of the muffin. hair he used to have. <laughs> anyway, no, that's all. I mean, oh, you know what we did do? Um, we finished Annihilation, the book, uh, in the car. Oh, yeah. We talked about that because it was being uh, it was in production or pre-production. It's, yeah, it's, it's in for... production right now by Alex Garland, by Alex Garland of Ex Machina fame and Dr- and uh, Dread. And Dread, and what a crazy book that movie is going to be fucking nuts. Yeah. They got a good cast, too. 
I'm uh, dude. The book is one of the weirdest books I've read in a long time. I put it. It's uh, so fucking weird. I got a Kindle Paperwhite recently because I had some Amazon gift cards, and I, that's one. That's one of the first books I put on there because you told me how fucking nuts it was. So I was like, okay, I got to check this shit out. How far did you get? I haven't gotten into it yet. It's sitting on my Kindle, but oh. I haven't gotten in yet. I it yeah. I don't know. Give it a whirl. It's fucking weird, and it's part of a trilogy, right? <laughs> I, apparently it is. I didn't know that. We finished it and we were like, "Fuck," because it like doesn't answer a lot at the end of the first one. Oh, shit. And it was just like it kind of resolves a little bit, but not really. Anyway, point point being, yeah, if it's a trilogy, that would make things a lot better because fucking hell, that book that book just ended in some weird shit. Yeah, it looks like that's gonna be that's gonna be a fucking that's gonna be one of those movies that's gonna be deciphered for years because it just doesn't make a lot of sense unless they unless they take. Unless they take the route of like, let's explain things more because the book was so confusing. Yeah, which I don't think he will because with dread and ex machina, it seems like he's okay leaving things unanswered. Yeah, yeah. So maybe just ex machina. Maybe not as much dread, but uh, yeah. So they, yeah, the 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 other two. Apparently, they were all released like eight months apart. So he finished all three books before they started being released. Apparently, um, but annihilation. That's a good plan. Yeah, annihilation, authority, and acceptance are. Uh, the names of the three books huh all right well shit there, yeah there's some gotta go on some more road trips now i guess i know seriously oh oh no oh boy uh <laughs> natalie portwoman is among the cast as well as gina rodriguez tessa thompson who's playing valkyrie uh jennifer jason lee and oscar isaac cool Hell that yeah. sounds like a good cast huh natalie portwoman Wait, is uh, the lead natalie is Who's Valkyrie? Nobody's named Valkyrie in the book. No, not in the book. I'm saying uh, Tessa Thompson is Valkyrie in the new Thor movie. Sorry. But oh, she's in okay. Annihilation. Yeah. And they're only named like biologists. Yep. Yeah, there's no yep, character that's names. The, that's what they are in the book. There's no character names in the book. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anywho, there you go. All that's, right. that's That's, that's, that, I did it. Uh, here's, okay, here's my question. We've been, we've been, we've been yimmer yammering for a little while now. Uh, should we try to, uh, do the issue of the week and the topic or should we just do the topic and then release the issue of the week as a separate episode what do you guys think <laughs> <laughs> just just kidding what we just <laughs> sorry you just like genuinely looked at me what did he say oh my god <laughs> i'm sorry jason i'm sorry we we still have our issue of the week and our main topic and i'm wondering should we uh since we've been we've been yimmery yammering for a while oh, oh sorry no let's do issue of the week um and then let's bring let's move uh main topic to next week because we had already we kind of discussed in uh expanding on that okay uh does that sound good yeah let's do that so so then next week or next episode that we're not interviewing somebody it might be next week it might be the week after we'll see um Mm. and by that time i'll be finished with the book you'll be finished with your stuff yeah yeah let's do that uh so just just for the listeners to prepare uh, we are going to be doing a Stephen King episode where we talk about it. Uh, we all saw it as well as basically all of the Stephen King adaptations that have, uh, existed in the past, our favorites, our least favorites, whatever. Um, however, there are sort sort of a dear listener, our love letter to Stephen King. Yeah. Yes. Uh, However, there is a lot of it, and I'm sure there's no way all of us are going to be able to watch every Stephen King adaptation, uh, because there are eight this year alone. I've... I think we should just pick our favorites. Well, we've also seen a lot of them. Let me, yeah, let yeah. Me, you have sure, but I, I guarantee you haven't seen all of them. Uh, but let me get to the point of why I'm saying that. <laughs> what you do you know? Jeez, the, uh, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> there, there is a lot. I know. Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm saying that 
is because we want the listeners to help us out. So you, dear listener, uh, whatever your favorite Stephen King adaptation is, or even if you want to talk about his books, um, we're kind of focusing on like his, cause he's had a lot of really good successes in film and a lot of like pretty, uh, pretty disappointing adaptations to film or TV. Um, but if you could to help, uh, help us, uh, in discussing this Stephen King episode or even discussing it yourself, we would greatly appreciate it. If you would either leave us a voicemail, uh, you can find the number right on our Instagram, or you can call sa- uh, 413-SAVAGE-4. Uh, you can also send us an email to letters at savagelandpodcast.com, uh, or you can tweet us at savagelandpod. One of those three three things, let us know what your favorite Stephen King adaptation is and maybe why, or even one, what like the biggest disappointments were for you. Um, we want we want some, some big old audience participation on this episode, so hopefully uh, this this plea can uh, pull some out but yeah i don't know yes help us no yeah yes yes absolutely i i would love that because uh i'll just talk about the mist for like three hours and you guys will get bored (laughs) so yeah help us out on that uh you can find all the ways to contact us in the show notes um but yeah just uh let us let us know what your stephen king thoughts are so we can have some more content for that episode and and we can have some lovely participation from you yep now it's time for the issue of the week guys Issue of the week. <laughs> issue of song. the week. Um, all right. The issue, uh, well, first, the issue of the week is brought to you by T Blocks. T E E B L O X. They send you a kick ass t shirt every month. Uh, their price is $9. You can do either a licensed one like Star Wars, DC, Marvel, whatever, or you can do a uh, an artist uh, original. Um, you can use the promo code COOLTBX. That's C O O L T B X at checkout to get 10% off. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes. Guys, the issue of the week this week is Batman number 23, a.k.a. The Brave and the Mold. See what they did there? I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, Jason, you, uh, you, this, was your, this was your love child. <laughs> um, why? Why'd you pick it? Why what did was, I pick it? Was, uh, yeah. I so uh so Batman 23 is uh and this is Batman 23 from 2017 not from 2011 or from 19 whatever the fuck 2000 2009 or 2006 No Batman's only renumbered twice. <laughs> They're not Marvel. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um but it's not Scott Snyder's and it's not whoever Jerry Robinson or whoever the hell was writing it way back at original Batman number 23. This is the Tom King and Mitch Garrett's issue. Um the reason I picked this issue is because for me, this one particularly stood out as uh, a great example of modern comics telling a self-contained story within an ongoing series um, and doing it within the confines of 20 pages. Uh, it was also one that I wanted to pick because when I originally suggested this was right after the passing of Bernie Wrightson, um, who is All right. the artist and co-creator of Swamp Thing. Uh Kind of got pushed back and everything, um, and then recently in the last couple of weeks, uh, Len Wein also passed on, who is the writer and co and co creator of Swamp Thing. Uh, so it felt, you know, it felt like it was probably time to talk about it because it's you know prominent featuring Swamp Thing and it's modern, and I think you know uh, sort of in remembrance of both Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson and their incredible contributions to the comic book medium, um, that it'd be a good time to uh, to talk about it. So. Uh, yeah, anyway, um, 
for me, reading this issue, I, I, I loved the self-contained aspect of it. Obviously, I'm a huge Batman fan, and I'm a huge fan of both Tom King and Mitch Garrods from their work on Sheriff Babylon, as well as you know Tom King's writing on The Vision and, and uh, Omega Man and now Mr. Miracle. Um, and so it's, I don't know, it, it was just, and obviously with Matt liking Swamp Thing as much as he does, and, and Rachel kind of being into like the Justice League dark and the more mystical, magical sides of the DC universe, um, I thought it might be an issue that we all found interesting, but I guess it's time to see if mm-hmm. I was right. Dun 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 After the these verdict? credits, or after he's, these commercials. He's, he's so nervous. I am. Uh, uh, Kenner Toys rings you. Uh, <laughs> wow. That was my commercial. um rachel go ahead i loved this issue yay uh so happy make you very happy all the streams are coming true but um and i love tom keen and i love how he still does his normal setup through the whole thing his little nine panels his nine panel grid thing he loves yeah i i don't know why it just it works very well Mm -hmm. but this the main thing like after i got done reading this was this is a roller coaster story yeah like it's funny it's fun it's kind of heartwarming and then it's also really tragic and intense and it just flows so well totally yeah i think i think mitch garrods and tom king like their their partnership uh over the past few years has just grown to a point where like they're totally on the same page. Um, no pun intended. Uh, they, <laughs> like, like it's, it's funny cause I hear Mitch Garrett's talking about sometimes uh, Tom King, as much as he loves the nine panel grid, doesn't necessarily write it as much as it would seem, but very often, which is something that artists don't normally do. Mitch Garrett's will add more panels than are written into the script. And so if it's like, if it's an eight panel or a seven panel page, Garrett said that like 90% of the time he turns it into a nine panel page. Um, hmm. And I think that kind of like you're saying, there were so many moments in this issue where that nine panels is used to add some sort of effect. So like there's these exchanges between Batman and Swamp Thing where, Sw- you know, Swamp Thing says something like there's the moment where he says he uh, heard through, you know, through the the green that this guy was at this place or whatever. Right. Or that like the yeah, wind told him. And then him. there's just that like, three panels of just <laughs> batman staring at him yeah and then he's just like let's go <laughs> like he's just not even gonna question it he's just gonna stare at him for a minute yeah that was one of my favorite moments it's so it's so good like i and i that's so perfect for batman too because batman's not the character to like be surprised to something and react by being like wait what no what the hell he just like he's the yeah. type of person who's just gonna like take a moment to be like oh okay i guess yeah. i just accept this yeah he just kind of Let's it sink in for a minute, and then it's like, I'm not even going to question this. Yeah. Let's just go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Matt, what, I mean, you obviously uh, probably have the most Swamp Thing uh, attachment to any of us, because you've talked about how fond you are of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing series. Uh, what did you, yeah. what did you think of this? Yeah, I think, so. I think, I think Swamp Thing is one of the most interesting characters Uh period not only not just dc just in general just such an just a fascinating entity i don't know what else is swamp thing yeah a thing he's a thing <laughs> he's a swamp thing it's a very uh, swampy thing <laughs> so i i did i i i i thought the art throughout this entire thing is fantastic 
Um, I like this. I like the whole spread. It had a really good flow. I thought it was kind of. I thought it was fun. I like that there's kite man for some reason. Yes, the <laughs> random kite man. I was so happy when I saw so that's, him. Kite right, man, it's kind of fun yeah. because it 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 really takes it out of like probably Batman continuity into this. It's just a, this is a one issue, a one off, mm-hmm. and here's a rando dude. He's a kite man. <laughs> and you know what I, I mean? I, I you know and I, and I, 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 I should preface. I'm coming at this with very minimal Batman knowledge. Of course. Other than, well, not everybody has a first episode, Jason. Yeah, no, I said, yeah, that's fine. I get you. Uh, I, no, I, uh, I wasn't saying, like, yeah, of course, listeners should know that. I was saying, no, of course, yeah, I got you. I mean, they should have already figured that out just by <laughs> listening to me, my voice, the tone of my voice, but no. Um, anyway, so. Uh, no, it was good. I, 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 for the most part, I liked it. I've got one, I've got one issue with it, but I, I would like to let us get through the, 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 the bulk of it before I start going into like, I don't know I'm, what the whole story is actually about. I'm going to guess that I know what your, uh, issue is and it has something to do with names, but we can save it. Is it, is it that? Is it not that? Names? Yeah. No. Okay. Never what, mind. what did you think it was? Like I had an issue with, uh, Alex's name? With, yeah, with Batman calling him Alec. No, I don't have an issue with that at all. Okay. Cause it kind of is Alex. Well, yeah, and that, that's he's, kind of the thing that's like... He's also not Alec. That, yeah, that, that, that's the thing that's been so fluid over the history of Swamp Thing is like some writers write him more as Alec and Swamp Thing are the same guy. Some people say he's separate people. Um, so it's well, I mean, anyway. Alan Moore, who I will, I will give all Swamp Thing credit to, had him as Alec and not Alec in the same entity. So Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, some of the things I wanted to know, I... I really like that uh this issue is divided into chapters um it gives yeah. an easier transition like because like you said the story is a roller coaster like it's got a lot going on um and so i think dividing each part of like each segment into its own little chapter uh made it so that it was easier to compress into 20 pages um and i loved the little like film strip style of the chapter headings you know like all the title cards yeah yeah me too um, yeah i i loved that did you notice? I like. I, Go ahead. I, I really like it. I mean, that's I think what I like so much about this is it really feels like an old comic again. This this has coming from our our, our last comic of the week, which is that old Spider Man that we read. Mm-hmm. This feels like a modern take on that same format. Totally. Um, which, but this even more so because there's no uh, B or C plot. There's just one plot, and they follow it from start to finish, and it's very clean. Absolutely, yeah. There's not like all of these things going on. It's just like it's two people on a on a little true detective quest. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you guys also notice that uh, Swamp Thing's uh, dad there at the beginning, whose whose likeness he bore? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Does it? Oh, uh, does it look like Alan Moore? Kind of does. It is Alan Moore. That is 100 percent Alan Moore. Oh, really? Oh, that's, that's funny. yeah. Yeah, I can see it now. Yeah. Yeah, now now I see it when you pointed out, but I I didn't make that connection in the beginning. Yeah, no worries. Um it's it's one of those things that like because I'm such a stupid uh over analyzer of of this shit I was reading it and I was like, "Oh, that's funny. Alan Moore is Swamp Thing's dad. I get it." Um I get it. Oh, I get it. Get it. I I do just want to quickly point out that one of my other favorite moments is Alfred cleaning up <laughs> all the leaves. I yes. Yeah. I and like, like <laughs> but like his facial expressions don't change, but he's mm. still just sweeping the leaves and then he's got like a toothbrush out and he's scrubbing the rugs and stuff. Yeah. 
I don't know why. It's just one of those things in the background. It's so that perfect. Works. Yeah, and it's like they'll he'll like have like one pan. Like there's first off, there's that double page spread, which I think is the best use of a double page spread in the modern era, where it's just two guys sitting and talking for two pages. Yeah. But it's so good, like just this beautiful like swamp thing sitting in Bruce Wayne's lavish living room having tea. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then making a mess. Yeah. It's like once every page, there's just like a little panel of Alfred like sweeping up the little dirt. It's so great. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I also I, I love that Swamp Thing in that little scene. Like it's it shows how much detail that they put into it where instead of Swamp Thing just drinking a cup of tea, he makes a cup and makes tea in his hand. Yeah. It's so great. I don't know um i i yeah i loved that little detail yeah and like i think mitch garrett's art did you guys ever read the uh the original marvel now punisher from nathan edmondson no no so mitch garrett's was the artist on that and back at that time he was very um he looked like a lot of the marvel artists at the time kind of like chris somney and david aha where it was like very clean lines and very simplistic um I I like this shift that his art has taken since he went full digital and he does all the colors and the inking himself um, because these pages, they've got such like a great gritty feel and he uses so many different types of brushes to, to illustrate everything. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, he, I, I think he's, he's becoming just like this complete master uh, of the medium, especially because he controls all aspects of the art himself um, yeah. and still never misses a deadline somehow. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then the kite man thing, I loved that he showed up and that was actually, it's kind of like a, throughout Tom King's Batman run, he's been teasing kite man every few issues for just like tiny little moments. Uh, Oh really? Yeah. And now in the war (laughs) of jokes and riddles, he's having these little interludes that are full issues focused on kite man and how he got to be where he is as kite man. Um, that's amazing. It's crazy because it's like, it's telling this crazy tragic story of this man that's just getting like torn apart that the culmination of it is in kite man. (laughs) I don't know. It's like, it's, it's so sad, but also so amazing that it's just like this random campy Batman villain. Uh, I don't know. It's good. That, that, that's what I liked about it. It was like, this is like one of the most obscure villains that you could ever just randomly place somewhere <laughs> like of all people kite man kite man hell yeah <laughs> that's also that's his catchphrase apparently is kite man hell yeah so he says that every time <laughs> he shows up oh yeah because that's exactly what he's yeah, saying he's, he's he flying through. kite man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it oh my god that's amazing yeah um and then i, I also want to say this the cover image is so great and striking um yes just just the vines and stuff wrapped around i don't know i i love this issue and i could keep going on about how much i love um these two but let's go ahead and get into our issue of the week questions um unless unless matt you want to uh you wanted to address no, that go thing for right it. Now. I'll, I'll i'll get to it through the questions so. perfect um is there is there any prior reading required uh before jumping into this comic do you think Hmm. I would say yes. Uh, maybe not prior reading, but some knowledge of Swamp Thing. Mm. Um, maybe. Uh, God damn, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I could see how that could go both ways. Yeah. Like, you'd probably enjoy it more mm. 
if you that's, knew the that's, character. I think that's what I was getting at, and I didn't want to say because I hate when people say like, oh, "You'd enjoy this more," but it's so true. It, in it this is circumstance. true with Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah, because knowing more about the character of Swamp Thing and like the the like horrible trauma he has gone through makes this so much more of a interesting and i think story i think actually kind of to touch on that because i i still haven't read alan moore's uh swamp thing really i've read like bits and pieces here and there but swamp thing is not a character that i know super well um i think that this issue could serve as a great sort of like possible introduction to swamp thing that would then make you want to go back and read about that character right because it kind of it teases at some of these other things but there's not necessarily anything that you don't understand in the story by not knowing swamp thing's backstory that uh, fair that's fair yeah and so i I think that like for somebody who's like newer to comics or like maybe just hasn't delved into that stuff this it might be a good way to like introduce uh introduce them to a new reader i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah I'll, i'll agree with that yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. The, what I, what I had written down is basically that I don't think there is any prior reading required uh, to read this, um, but it is. I think it's an issue that as you do prior reading on Batman or on Swamp Thing or whatever, I think it's enriched the more uh, like this issue is more and more enriched the more you read other stuff, and it's probably one that you could revisit. Yeah, um, is this issue satisfying on its own? Yes. Yes. Very. Totally agree on that. I, I think, and I, th- I think that was the intent of this issue is to make, you know, is to make something that that totally functions on its own as not really part of any larger story. Absolutely, you don't. There's there's nothing else you need in this. Uh, yeah, I thought of one thing though. If for some reason you don't know about Batman, mm. you, this would be a confusing comic to read. That's true. I th- and I think if if somehow <laughs> you were unaware, like we talked about last week, if you don't know who Spider Man is, then if you if you aren't aware of the fact that Bruce Wayne lost his parents and that's yeah. why kind of why he became Batman, uh, you might be lost in this comic. But <laughs> and who yeah. Alfred is, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to like really objectively because Kite Man doesn't matter, right? Like, who cares? It's Kite Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other guy that looks like Guy Fieri, who cares? He looks like <laughs> Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that panel. Dude. <laughs> uh, and the other and then like the main villain the like the end villain like who doesn't matter yeah doesn't matter yeah. So anyway sorry that uh, i just thought of that that the yeah. no you're good i i think yeah uh prior reading is any exposure to batman before is probably the the only required yeah um should it be adapted i don't think so maybe no. I, I think i could maybe i could see like in like a High quality animated short would probably be would could be pretty interesting. Yeah. So, but like I wouldn't want it to be a movie or anything. Yeah, I, I don't think there's enough story in here to necessarily warrant a full movie unless they really sort of expanded on like the detective aspect and like made a full blown like mystery out of it. Um, which now that I'm thinking about it, I would be. I think I'd like that so, Batman movie more than a lot of the other ones. And that, yeah, that's what I'd, I was. I'd be okay with that. That's what I was about to get to because that actually kind of pushed me over to a yes because I think. If they were to do like weird ass team up movies for their universe from now on, I think that would be amazing. Like, yeah, I I agree because one of my favorite team ups is Batman and Dead Man. Totally. If you just get, and I think that would work super well in a movie. Yeah, and I mean, there's like you know, there's the issues of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing where like Superman shows up, and those are some incredible stories. Um, you know, you could do like random like Constantine and Wonder Woman, or like you know, you take two completely different sides of the dc universe 
and just like kind of. Well, yeah. no, there's a, there's a there's a whole arc in Alan Morris where Swamp Thing goes to Gotham. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, there's a whole arc with him and Batman in Gotham. Yeah. I mean, I think that 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 that's sort of what I was leading at with with the whole like prior reading knowledge because he goes to Gotham. He has a whole giant interaction with Batman. That's like this kind of builds upon that from that long ago, mm. which is very cool. Yeah, I mean, to me, this feels like a little love letter to Alan Moore. Oh, absolutely. Tom, and, and Tom um, King's like talked about that before. How basically for for most of his comic book career he's tried to emulate and learn from alan moore as much as possible so yeah absolutely i agree yeah um uh. anyway so yeah i i would love to see dc do like these weird team-up movies uh now if i just think that would make it i think that'd make a more interesting batman movie than batman villain of the week mm-hmm. and my parents are dead and Although this is kind of about all about my parents are dead, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, what am I trying to say? Like, it, it takes some of the self importance off it and just have Batman as a, as an interesting, as a fun, as a as a good side character. Have the buddy movie with Batman and Swamp Thing. They're two yeah. super different characters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I'm with you. I, I will. I, I will change. I will say absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that's what they should focus on more than the like the gravitas of BVS and all that kind of shit. Yeah, just start making some weird like odd couple movies where you just take characters yeah. that don't normally seem like they would fit together very well and just throw them together and see what happens. I just want to see Swamp Thing in a movie again. So I'm <sighs> Seriously, for that. Well, he's supposed to be in Justice League Dark, so fingers crossed. But still, man, I want my own Swamp Thing movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can watch the old one. I watched it it's, a month it's, ago. It's not great. It's not good. <laughs> it's definitely not good. Did you ever see the weird or cartoon the that show. they tried to make? Oh yeah, yeah, Ugh. not great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that's good. No, it's not very good. We need a good Swamp Thing representation in yes. film. Hey, if they do a good, if they do Swamp Thing cool and Justice League dark, then hey, I, I, of course I'm stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but man, I just I th- Swamp Thing's definitely. I would I would say Swamp Thing's top three favorite characters of all time from the big two. Yeah. No, I, I I've I've always uh, kind of Swamp Thing is a character that you talk about a lot, especially Alan Moore's run. Um, yeah. So that's great. And I mean, it's I don't know, it's one of the most acclaimed runs of all time. It's just an interesting character too, I, totally. especially because the whole like he's part of the green. He's like connected to nature. Yeah, the 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 grass told him he was there. Yeah, yeah. What did he say? Uh, yeah, I he's think it was curr- the grass. He's told currently me. entering the Gotham Museum of Art. The grass told me. Yeah, Batman <laughs> just side eyes him. <laughs> That's what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I fucking love that. It's mm-hmm. just one of the most incredible moments. I also love in the comic. I also love the why do you need a car chapter. When it's like, yeah. he's, he's yeah. like, why do you need a car? He's like, why do you need a body? And then he just, Swamp Thing just, huh. <laughs> they just yeah, keep they going. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so good. And well, Batman's got a little smirk on his face whenever yeah. he says it. <laughs> it's pretty great. I love, I love a good bat smirk. Um, and uh, the last question, uh, or sorry, not the last question. Uh, if you liked this, then you will like, uh, or then what, you know, what, what else should they read? Hmm. Hmm. I, I mean, I would default to Alan Moore Swamp Thing, but I, 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 I'm trying to think of like a good buddy, because mm. like a good team up, you know. Like, so I've been reading Spider Man and Deadpool mm-hmm. by uh, fuck, I can't remember who it's by. I'll look it up. I think it's Joe Kelly. It's the it's no, I don't. Is it maybe? I'll look it up. Anyway, it's the new Spider Man Deadpool team up, and I would recommend that on the basis that 
they are kind of a fun odd couple and that comic's surprisingly good i thought it was gonna be really dumb but it's surprisingly good Mm-hmm. And it's still going. It's it's gone on for I think they're on issue thirty or something. Yeah, it's been going for for a while. Yeah, it's Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis who were like one of the yeah. big teams on uh, Deadpool. Yep. Nice. Yep. So uh, that that's that would be my recommendation if you like the team up aspect of these two characters. That uh, Spider Man and Deadpool are a little closer than Batman and Swamp Thing, but that's sort of like fun dichotomy and duality of two different types. Yeah. And the conflicts they go through in working with each other. I think that that you'd like that. I dig that. What about you, Rach? What's uh what's your recommended reading? Um I I wouldn't really recommend this on the buddy side of it, but more to kind of maybe go back into the Swamp Thing universe. I would recommend Animal Man. Mm, Jeff Lemire's? By Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Cuz that addresses the red and then it also goes into the green. Yeah. So it's more that kind of side of the story yeah there was and and so to, to kind of piggyback on that um it's not my recommendation but but there was during the dc new 52 uh jeff lemire scott snyder and charles soul kind of crafted this uh supernatural as you know the supernatural area of the dc universe where they're talking about the green and the red and the gray like how you know sort of like the nature aspect of the world and the the uh like parliament or whatever that that controls that um yeah and and i like that that does exist as a thing because you do have justice league dark which i would also recommend but that's you know the supernatural side yeah and then you do have this weird hey there's all this nature stuff too yeah that's really interesting you wouldn't think it would be but yeah it's actually really cool. So if you want to go, if you want to go back and read that stuff, then yeah, Animal Man I think is a great, great part of it, and then also uh, Swamp Thing by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule, uh, Justice League Dark also by Jeff Lemire, um, and then there was like there was one other series that was part of that, but I can't remember which one it was. Um, but yeah, that's that's great stuff. That's a good recommendation. Um, for me, I had I had three alternate uh, recommendations, just depending on what you guys recommended um <laughs> okay there was obviously like the swamp thing stuff and and really i mean it's he's had a lot of great runs there's the alan moore stuff uh the original wrightson and ween stuff is fantastic uh it's it surprisingly holds up um really well and then i was also kind of thinking about justice league dark uh um you know and the scott snyder charles soul stuff because this issue kind of has some of that in it um but what i kind of landed on at the end was if you like the way that this issue is kind of laid out and structured um and the way that it functions then i'd say mr miracle uh which is currently on issue number two um same writer same artist uh they're dealing with jack kirby's fourth world uh kind of centered around mr miracle um and it's 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 incredible it's such a fantastic story uh reading the first issue i'd say it's easy to jump in without knowing anything about the fourth world or Mr. Miracle or anything like that. It does kind of give you an explanation. Um, but the story itself also hinges on you not knowing certain things uh, because it deals with like the, the subjective nature of reality and, and things kind of twisting around. And so um, jumping in at fresh is, is still pretty easy. You just have to accept that there are going to be things that you don't understand, but that's intentional on the story side. I, I will totally jump on your bandwagon and say read mr miracle yeah because i also don't i don't know that character i don't know that side of the dc universe Mm -hmm. and i'm still 
loving it. Yeah, it's it's much like Vision. Like it really is a spiritual successor to Vision where it's like, sure, you can know stuff about this universe and that enriches the experience and even like this issue itself. Uh, but you don't have to, you know, it doesn't hinge on you knowing all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, Mr. Miracle is my recommendation. Um, last question for our fresh of the week. Uh, will you keep reading this series? Um, I kind of want to read it now. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was really creepy. It was creepy. (laughs) I probably won't. Just, just because I love Tom King and I love the art in this and just kind of seeing Batman in the structure that I have enjoyed in the past, like everything from Tom King, I've absolutely loved. So I I would probably start from the beginning of the series and then go on. Yeah. And it's been a good series so far. I will say of, uh, of Tom King's previous writing, his Batman series does, I think take the longest to get really, really good. Um, Cause I think the first two volumes were decent, you know, like they were, you know, kind of good and like they had some good art and some interesting stuff that they set up. Um, But once it gets to volume three, which this comes right after, uh, I think that's when it really like hits its stride and starts doing the Tom King thing where you're like, oh my God, this is really, really good. Um, nice. Yeah. So, And then obviously the, the War of Jokes and Riddles that I've been raving about comes immediately after this. So that's always fun. And uh. if there's Kite Man in it, I mean, <laughs> Hell I'll, yeah. I'll read that. Just because just I think that's so ridiculous. Totally. And I like that he's kind of being used in that way. Like I like when... Uh, uh, authors do that mm-hmm. like uh who did that calendar man thing oh uh jeff loeb and tim sale yeah yep. like i don't know why that's just hey let's take this character that's <laughs> kind of dumb yeah and make them interesting <laughs> and actually what's what's it's funny you should mention calendar man because uh the first issue of tom king's batman involves calendar man oh yes <laughs> i love calendar man i'm sold he's great <laughs> um yeah so then that's uh that's it i don't know should we do a rating or should we just uh kind of for you into the last part of the show i mean i'll i'll rate it um forest green forest green (laughs) nice (laughs) i have no rating (laughs) yes we'll just go with matt's rating um i think it's very good uh and if you want to let us know what you thought of this issue if you agreed disagreed if some different things stood out to you uh then let us know you can send us an email letters at savagelandpodcast.com uh like uh one listener uh kristen i don't know if we should when you write your email let us know if we can say your full name so we'll just say kristen for now um i think that's just a safe bet in general yeah yeah uh, so Kristen wrote us an email to letters at savagelandpodcast.com with a, an issue of the week recommendation. Uh, and I will go ahead and read this, uh, says, I would like to recommend Rough Riders issue number one from Aftershock Comics. Uh, the creative team for this series features writing from Adam Glass, artist Pat Oliphy, and colorist, uh, Gabe Eltaib. Um, and lettered <laughs> nice. by nailed it. Lettered by Sal uh, Cipriano. Cipriano, Cipriano it doesn't matter. Um, uh, the title sees a tortured Teddy Roosevelt recruiting a team of legends. Uh, parentheses: Thomas Edison, Harry Houdini, Annie Oakley, and Jack Johnson to undertake a covert mission for a shadowy cabal of American businessmen. 
and uh, she ends it with, it's bloody fantastic. So I'm assuming this Kristen is uh, somehow from the UK or Australia. But I don't know, Kristen. Let us know your nationality for some reason. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> we need to know. We need to know. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I say we, uh, we do that for our next issue of the week. Yep, let's do it. And then uh, after that, it'll be whose turn again? Mine. Yours? My, Rachel's. Rachel's. Cool. Um, so yeah, the next issue of the week is... <laughs> <laughs> next issue of the week is Rough Riders number one from Aftershock Comics. Uh, it'll probably be a couple weeks before we do that because we got some interviews and shit like that. Um, but that'll probably be the... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That'll be the next issue of the week, so read it. Um, and I did also want to just, again, like sort of mention... Uh, Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson. Crazy tragic that both of them passed so young and, and both around the same time, but their creations and contributions to the comic book industry uh, are going to be remembered forever. I mean, Len Wein created Wolverine and Swamp Thing. I'm mean, like, I don't know. And Bernie Wrightson is one of the most, I think, prolific and forward thinking artists of his time. Uh, they'll, they'll be on the, the comics Mount Rushmore for years and years. I agree. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Um, anyway, uh, so our next interview, uh, is with Zach Kaplan, uh, the writer of Eclipse. He was our first interview actually on the show. Um, and so we're, he's going to be coming on the show to talk about Eclipse volume two, as well as the TV series and his new series from image comics, uh, port of earth. So that will be, what is that next week? That's this. Yeah, it'll be next week. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, next week's episode will be with Zach Kaplan. Uh, if you have any questions for him, you can also send them to us. Um, and we have a new review uh, in the house. Uh, so if and also if you could kindly leave your reviews, we greatly appreciate them. Uh, the fun thing about our reviews is we'll read whatever you put as long as it's not uh, blatantly <laughs> offensive. And yeah. we promised that, and Matt was the first to sort of volunteer his name uh, in that promise, but I guess it goes for all of us. Uh, Matt, this True. this review seems like it was specifically targeted at you. Uh, well, uh, thus far, I'm the only one who's offered to read anything. You guys... Well, you didn't listen so to last week's probably... episode. What? You didn't listen to last week's episode, then. Oh, I didn't. No, I haven't. <laughs> I've been out of town. Uh, it's okay. I, 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 you, I pretty did, much did you, I, did you offer did you offer to read anything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I also never mind. Uh, I won't tell you that yet. Um, yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and read that review. <laughs> I should, should, I, should, I should, well, should I listen to the episode first before I keep? No, going? you're fine. Go ahead, no, go ahead and read that no, review. No, go and and then read and then listen to the episode. Oh my god, I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you weren't uh, gonna listen to that episode. By Coogie Bear uh, is titled "iTunes Refuses to Publish My Review." Um, well, uh, Coogie Bear, I'm very sorry you had issues <laughs> publishing your review. Uh, unfortunately, your review f- uh, did get published. Uh, so, Fud did anyway. get published. This is a great podcast. It is as good as Blink-182, which everyone knows is the best punk band ever. <laughs> uh, please read this review on your show with enthusiasm. <laughs> Five, I, I, five I think you did. Yeah, that that was very enthusiastic. You succeeded. Um, Blink One Eight Two is not the best punk band ever. Hey, no, I I, <sighs> I always stand by the first thing someone says. First impressions matter most. So uh, I'm gonna always remember <laughs> that Matt the said case, they were the best punk band ever. I think you ever. could listen to go back and listen to all of our other episodes where I disclaimed that. <laughs> 
I, I think it's funny because I've also said that I hate Blink-182, but you're being specifically targeted. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> so good. Uh, well, because it was, yeah, that was we had that episode just a little while back where that was, that was the specific <laughs> one that Jason yeah. asked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love it. Anyway. Um, no, thank you. Thank you, Coogie Bear, for the lovely review and for making me say things that I would never say in real life. Yeah, the five stars makes up for it. <laughs> Um, it, it does. Thank you. If you want to use any of us as your personal mouthpiece, uh, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We always appreciate a five star review, but you can be honest. Um, and uh, if 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 you have a specific person in mind that you want to read that review, then notate that in the review and just say, you know, please please have Jason read this, or please have Rachel read this, or please have whatever the other guy's name is read this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. That guy. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely appreciate your reviews. So thank you to Coogie Bear. Um, and did we, we already read, uh, Mr. Mr. J.R. Shabadoo's review on the show, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, okay, cool. he, he's my best friend on, yeah, he's the on new B, Instagram. He's our new, yeah, he's our new <laughs> Instagram BFF. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate, uh, all of the listeners who have found us through Instagram. Uh, make sure that, uh, you also go and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Savage Land Podcast and Twitter is Savage Land Pod. Um, and obviously, the Instagram uh, communication is appreciated. Those comments are always fun. It's usually Matt or Rachel interacting on the comments. Mostly, mostly Rachel. Uh, yeah. But uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll I'll get in there a little bit too. Um, and then uh, email again is letters at savagelandpodcast dot com. And if you do have something to say about whatever the hell we're talking about or or anything at all, uh, call four one three savage four. You can also find uh, a link to call us in the show notes and um, on our Instagram page. Uh, yeah, yeah. Leave us your leave us whatever your voicemail is. We got we got we got no we got nothing to hide. What? What? Ugh. Um. <laughs> uh, you can also find the links to support all of the uh, sponsors of our shows, whether it be T Blocks, Comic Bento, or our Amazon banner. So check our show notes and click on them links. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say? No. No, I don't think so. Cool. Just just thank you for listening. Yep. Yeah, thank you for listening. We 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 love it. Uh all right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed your time in the Savage Land. Ta-da. We did it.